0: You're listening to the Pastoral Calling Podcast with Matt Loverin and me, Jim Shamaria. Our goal is to start a conversation about life and leadership in the local church. Welcome back to the Pastoral Calling Podcast. I'm Jim. And I'm Matt. And we're coming to you today from an old but familiar location.
1: It's very homey in here.
0: Yeah. We are in one of the the soundproof rooms on the campus of Grace Christian University. I'm looking at some sort of, what is this, like a, a bee's nest type <laughs> insulation on the walls? A wasp a nest? Textured wall, yeah. sound reduction. The sound goes in and never comes out. <laughs> but we're here. Uh, this is where we used to record
1: in, in PCP version 1.0. And fun fact, we're back to our original recording microphone. (laughs) This is like a throwback episode, is really what's going on here. Yeah, we'll record it in mono. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, the reason that we're kind of a little bit lo-fi today is because we have more than one guest. We have two guests with us today. So there's four of us here. Our recording equipment is only capable of barely recording two people well, three people No no dice, no dice. A cord of three strands. That was you and me sharing a microphone is what that was. So number four people is not going to work. So we decided to just get back into our old ways with our guests. So we got two friends here today with us. Matt, why don't you introduce our
1: guests? Two current, almost former students of mine, Hmm. John Michael Clark and Danny Garcia. You guys have been students at Grace for the last four years. Mm -hmm. Four years. And um, maybe we could just start off by you telling us a little bit about yourselves, how you came to Grace, how you got interested in pastoral ministry, and um, a little bit about what it's like wrapping up your education here.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can go first. Um, Yeah, it's been a a good time being here for the past four years, being able to just grow and learn from mentors like you guys. Um, I got started uh, because my brother, he was going to Grace his freshman year, and then uh, I would come and attend and see like how fun it was and how much like chaos he was like having with his friends, <laughs> and I said I want to be that, so I came here, and it's just. I want to spend twenty grand a year for chaos. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought, and then just decided to attend here, and now it's now it's history. So you. You you're from
0: like the east side of Michigan. Yeah, I'm north from side of Michigan.
2: I'm from Detroit area. Yeah. Metro Detroit, so Wayne Westland, three one three. Yes. A Little okay. past eight mile. Uh, I don't know exactly where. <laughs> okay. I'm a fake fan. <laughs> I'm. Uh,
0: going to Detroit's on my summer bucket list. Hmm. I want to go to Third Man Records. I've been on this Jack White kick. Some one of these days we'll talk on the podcast. I saw Jack White perform in a few weeks ago and it blew my mind hmm. but third man is like his like all things
1: headquarter analog whatever and it's on the cast quarter so that's cool, cool. exciting i'll take you there <laughs> normally when i get over there i'm just thinking ikea that well that's a stop <laughs> on the
0: way because yeah i don't think you can go over there i live like five minutes from the ikea from like oh what? did you Very ever go cool. for the swedish meatballs just for a lunch break <laughs> i used to eat. Yeah, I always friends. I always wondered if I live close to IKEA, if I would just like pop in just for the cafe, you know, maybe, maybe. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cool. So you uh, four years you've been here now. Four years, yeah. What's uh, What's your finals week look
2: like? Pretty chaotic. I didn't really plan it well. You I, You came for the chaos. Yes. You you it. Get <laughs> it. I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, right before I leave. Um, yeah, I've decided to plan all my classes. The last you know semester yeah. I have, so now I have like all my finals just due. That yeah, I'm just stressing about, but I'm getting them done. Yeah. We're glad for you to take time out of your stressful schedule to, <laughs> yeah. to yes. join us. Did yeah,
0: you? we're just adding to the chaos. This is a here. priority. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get what I asked for. John Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Yeah, uh, so growing up, my all my siblings came to this school. I'm the youngest of four. Uh, and so I grew up coming here to watch my brother play soccer. as like an 8, 9, 10-year-old. Oh. Uh, and so by the time I got through high school, uh, I realized that um, I wanted to get out of Traverse City. I wanted to kind of grow up and and move out because I had grown up there, born and raised there. Uh, and so I knew that by going to college, it would help me grow up and, and experience new things. Uh, but I had no idea what, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So just went to Grace as a freshman, and uh, I quickly enjoyed it and grew a lot my freshman and sophomore year and just continually moving forward in that way uh because of experiences friends mentors uh challenges in life and life circumstances and uh and so it was, it was through my time at grace that i uh, realized that i wanted to pursue ministry and so uh, just very thankful for my time here at grace and how it's been very formative so
0: so did both of you guys come in without a particular like, focus if I want to be a pastor? Like, I feel like when I came to Grace, that was kind of like, I knew I was coming here to study pastoral yeah. to some degree. Did both of you just kind of come and yeah. seeing where things...
3: Well, for me, uh, my dad was a pastor, and mm-hmm. my bro- both my brothers came to school to be pastors, and so that was an idea at one point in my life, but I saw that I lacked severely the gifts and skills to be a pastor as a young 18 year old but you had the heart in that kind of like I I still like I was so discouraged by that like I was just like I am not good at anything so let's just grow up out of this uh little brother syndrome yeah and so it was through life circumstances and Mm. things in my life that uh people began pouring into me encouraging me and I began to grow in those ways Mm. and realizing that it's it's through the Lord that gives me those those gifts and skills and equips me for it and so it was a a step of faith to commit around my sophomore year. Okay. So I really committed to like ministry and more specifically pastoral ministry. Yeah. So that's for me though. Yeah.
2: And I'm probably like the exact opposite. Oh, I didn't, you were just so gifted and skilled. <laughs> <laughs> to do it. I wasn't that, but yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't grow up in, in a Christian household. So like, I didn't have that, that kind of influence in my life. Mm. And it wasn't until my brother, he felt this call to be a pastor. And like, once we were both saved and like started going to church, like, I started feeling this kind of a similar call. But with my family, it was kind of complicated because they didn't want us to do any of that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they just thought, like, doesn't make money. Like, why would you do that? It's, like, kind of like like you're in a cult. Like, don't pursue that, that way of life, you Sounds know? Sounds about right, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, like, when he came out to my parents saying, like, hey, like, I want to do this, it was, it was very discouraging for me because I saw their reaction mm-hmm. and my family's reaction, and I hesitated <coughs> on that call. But then just eventually like i just had to give into that call and then like just you know i felt that call like going into yeah. into college yeah. so that before going into college i i wanted to do it no matter what so i knew what i was getting into yeah yeah maybe
1: could, oh maybe you both could describe that a little bit and say like what were the factors that led to the confirmation of that cuz you kind of hadn't both had an inkling it sounds like but were there some experiences or some people or like key moments where you felt like oh, okay, this is what I have to do. Yeah. Like if I don't do this, then I'm gonna miss something that's really important in my life or what God's called me to do.
2: Yeah, uh, I can kind of explain a little bit more on mine part. Um, like after going like in growing up in youth group for like probably five or six years um, throughout middle school and high school, uh, like I kind of witnessed the kind of you know messy part of church and like seeing mm-hmm. like kind of bad leadership and just. Uh, things that probably shouldn't be happening, you know, within church. And for like a lot of people, they might like go through that and then end up leaving the church. Um, But like I felt very strongly like this kind of like desire or this calling to like make the change, like kind Mm -hmm. of be be the change that I like want to see. And so I wanted to like, I didn't want to make that same mistake. Like I wanted to be a part of like something that's like better, Mm -hmm. like community and like be like a leader in that that didn't make the same mistakes that like the leaders and the
3: pastors that I had seen beforehand, so.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I would say for me, um, again, being a freshman, uh, not really having many uh, any clear direction where I wanted to go. Um, it was through, I would say after that summer, I like had a weird desire to like, uh, to help my brother's summer camp and I wanted to like do a, de- a morning devotion. And so that was like the mm. first time I had that desire to like study scripture and like preach it. Uh, and so I did that. And then from there, it was only um, like uphill for that desire. Like, I was like, man, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed learning and, and preaching and things like that, doing ministry. Uh, and then through just like some, some pretty serious life circumstances, uh, I, I began to like just pursue my relationship with the Lord more seriously and mm-hmm. began, began to depend on Him more. Like, I needed to depend on Him for any sort of peace or any clarity uh, through some, some hard times. Uh, and so it was on the, the backside of that that people. Uh, like P- Pastor Rick or Professor Cuddy who would uh, encourage me and uh, and like walk alongside of me and and like uh, show me like ministry, and, and I would learn. Um, and then there was a, a specific class that I took, that re- that was like a significant one for me, where uh, in biblical Christian no, uh, biblical interpretation with Dr. Mark Congrove, he was kind of ranting about the Bible, <laughs> like yelling really loud and aggressively, and he then said. Um, he said, you can't afford to not know what the Bible's about because mm. like, people's salvations are on the line. Mm. And so to me, that was an encouragement to take my education seriously. That's a privilege to be at school, to be learning about the Bible and, and ministry. And so that was encouraging to me to be like, wow, I need to continue pursuing that. Um, so the education, I loved it. And then the ministry, people were encouraging me. People were inviting me to do different ministry opportunities. And so, and so someone told me that to look at uh, the things I enjoy, the things I'm good at, and the things people are saying about me. Yeah. And so I, I was being encouraged by people, like by my mentors. I was enjoying ministry and I was um I was beginning to uh as humbly as I can say begin to like enjoy and be and do those things well. Uh and so that was more of a step of faith of like all right. Hmm. This is this is the direction I want to go. Hmm. So
0: What about you, Matt? I don't feel like I ever like what was the thing cuz you were like always an academic. And you went to school to be an academic, but then what was like the thing that's like, I want to
1: teach. So there's a great story about this. Actually, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I'd ever share We're, it. We're uncovering the the <laughs> gems going. here. So I, I did plan to come to Grace to be a pastor, hmm. and I was enrolled in the pastoral program. Pastor Matt. And, so I, uh, ironically. Not ironically, eventually became a pastor after a long, yeah. circuitous set of life circumstances. But uh, in, in the early stages, um, I was in a homiletics class with the one and only Craig McDonald. I was going to call it. I was going to call it. And he we're sitting down, and it's like syllabus day, and he's going through the syllabus, and he says, you're going to have to preach for this class and you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to buy like a suit and tie because you're going to have to like preach as if you were in church and that means you're going to practice in a suit and tie. Hmm. And it was syllabus day for the introduction to preaching class and I said, "Forget this. I'm not buying a suit and tie because this guy says I need to buy a suit and tie. I'm out." And so I quit the homiletics class and thereby quit the pastoral program oh. and then i was in greek and i like just did bible and theology classes and became an academic because you didn't I didn't re- want to buy a suit i refused to like play by the rules uh, <laughs> sorry own, craig if you're listening to this do you own any suits today a full suit yeah i have i have the one suit <laughs> finally one full suit but <laughs> I, you God. really only use it for weddings which is great because just before we don't got... you and i have the same suit we've been over this ah, yes we do
0: I, I just recently put that uh, suit coat back on. I've been kind of dipping back into suit coats over the last. Mm-hmm. And so I, I pulled out that plaid one, right? You the, do that the, they well. were like great. Yeah. The JC Benny clearance That's that we both it. got. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, it's funny because just before we came on air, we were just talking about you guys are in the time of your life where your friends are all getting married oh, yeah. and you have to go get fitted for yeah. suits and rent suits and. I guess there's, like, two things a suit can do. It can either, like, make you go all in or it can discourage you to change your entire trajectory of life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> Lesson learned. Lesson so learned. So let's see how this weekend goes for uh, you. Yeah. Well, I
1: guess we could say, like, I I thought that I was in control of the trajectory of yeah. my life. And I said, well, I'll do this instead. I yeah, don't know yeah, what the yeah. future's going to bring, but, you know turns out that I eventually do buy a suit so that I can officiate weddings wow, wow, and, wow, yeah. and can do the work of the ministry because that's expected sometimes. And so, you know, as Craig knew at the time and, and knows presently, he was right all along. <laughs> Shoot.
0: I didn't say Craig loves hearing that, but he doesn't need to hear that because he knows that. <laughs> he A little tremor in the (laughs) forest when we're talking about it here. What's interesting, though, for you, Matt, we'll get back to our guests here in a second, but... (laughs) Let's talk about me. You kind of, like, you you come into this trajectory of pastoral, and then you leave it for kind of the academic life, but now the place where you are right now, I see as this very interesting marriage of those two, Mm -hmm. where you are, like, the academic, pastoral kind of conglomerate. Hodgepodge. Yeah. You're the... So that's interesting that that's kind of, the full circle has not been to askew
2: one or the other, but it's to find somehow a way to to bring both of those together. It's as if, it's as if like, what you meant for evil, God (laughs) meant for good. You're the podcaster now? You're doing the interview? (laughs) Little did I know, the tables are turned.
1: It's actually all about you today. (laughs) It's an intervention. It's an intervention. (laughs) We're just going to record this. It is, I live that experience every day, and I live in the... in the inadequacy of that mm. because being an academic means that I can't fully focus on work of pastoral right. Right. and being in the pastoral work with so much ministry that I do and and time that I spend committed to that and like you know working with guys like you more personally and. It means that I'm not fully engaged in my academic production, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's like more teaching or more program development or more writing and research. I just don't do that much because I'm like living a combination of those things. Yeah. And, and when you're not an, an expert, when you're not a specialist in that way, and I think pastoral ministry is like that. It's hard to really specialize in one area of pastoral ministry because you have to do all of the things all the time. Mm-hmm. And you never know when a funeral is going to come up. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you're officiating a funeral that week and you had not planned that as part of your schedule. But
0: there's something beautiful about that too, and I think you guys will experience this as you go into pastoral work, especially if you find yourself in the kind of mid to small-sized churches that I think a lot of our listeners are a part of and we're a part of, is you you are kind of forced to, to some level, kind of dip, your toes into shallow waters and a very broad spectrum, but there's something beautiful about that of being able to kind of have a breadth of ministry that that covers so much ground and to me I think there's that's a, a pretty faithful way to to do it you know rather than not that not that there's anything wrong with the preaching pastor you know I think that was my desire when I first you know left Grace is I wanted to go somewhere and be a preaching pastor but I'm glad I'm not because all that other stuff enables me to preach right all of the random stuff that i'm doing in the congregation allows me to speak to my congregation
1: well and it's like the one point of contact that many people have is the sermon where where they get to know your heart a little bit more and that provides the touch point or the entry where you can enter into life with with them in many different other aspects and And I feel that too, like the, like for me, the classroom is just like a a beginning point of ministry to work with guys like you where, you know, like launching you out into your own life and your own ministry work. Um, You know, you're not going to remember most of the things that I say in the classroom, Mm -hmm. but the relationship is there because in the the pastoral work, it's the same. Mm -hmm. The relationship is there because people can see your commitment.
0: Mm -hmm. So you guys are on the on the front end, you're like almost just kind of looking over the hedge at like pastoral life in vocational ministry. What, what is drawing you like thinking of like the specific tasks of what you imagine being a pastor will be? What is this? Is it, is it preaching? Is it congregational care? Is it moving chairs around on Sunday mornings before the service? What is the thing that's like besides just a general feel like you're being called to this, like what is kind of the specifics that you're most looking forward to in pastoral work?
2: Um, I'd say that, uh, other than moving chairs, which is amazing. (laughs) I'd say that, that for the preaching side of it, like Mm -hmm. I've, I've enjoyed preaching a lot these past four years, like just getting that experience and just being like able to just, uh, kind of like pour out my heart and like share like what, like the Bible teaches and stuff. And like, just go into um, being able to be a voice, you know, yeah. those kind of things. Uh, so I've just enjoyed preaching a lot and yeah. teaching, too. Like, I've been getting more into, like, just uh, being, like, a teacher's assistant for, like, uh, Kyle Vey for mm-hmm. Greek. So that's been fun. And yeah. then I've just, like, just have enjoyed, like, just the academic world as well. So those cool. kind of things, yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, I'd say for me, uh, I've always known about myself that I enjoy, like, the teaching and preaching and discipleship. So, those are the things that I want to mm. do. So, I, look, I, I like relationships. Like, mm. I, I myself as a person like depend on my relationships a lot. Like, I, I have a high value on those. So, I just uh, pour into my friends a lot and spend a lot of time doing that. And that, to me, is still ministry. And so, uh, as I grow on in life, I want to continue to like do a lot of ministry through that discipleship and through relationships. Mm. So, whether that's meeting with people and building, like, you know, growing in relationships with people in our church, I feel like that's where a lot of growth comes in. Uh, but I also enjoy preaching, I enjoy, uh, I look forward to being in a congregation in which I, I know well, and I know the needs, and they know me well, and there's this, like, comfortability comfortability level mm-hmm. to where I'm able to uh, preach the needs of the church, but then also know that there's like a goal and a mission we're going after, which is, like, being a church instead of, yeah. um, which is something I've learned recently in our class, like, it's better to be a church than to go to church, mm-hmm. and so how can we continue to... Uh, be followers of Jesus outside of yeah. this building. But um, things I don't look forward to, though, are, uh, I think, just administration things and the, the things that I'm just not gifted in. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I just, those are the things I look forward to, though. Yeah.
0: yeah. What about you, Danny? What is something that you're like,
2: you know that you'll have to do, but... Um, I'd say like similarly, like the administration stuff, just, yeah. I'm just not really that, that good with that. Those kind of things. Says the guy who planned all 40 <laughs> credits that he needs to graduate yes. in his last semester.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <I> just, <40. laughs> yeah. Um, but I would also say it's kind of weird to like also preaching in the sense, like I've just, I'm all like, like a little nervous yeah. with like having to do it either. Like if I'm going to be a lead pastor, like doing it. Like every week. W- every week or like, you know, just like sometimes like you just get hit randomly with like yeah. something happens. You're like, oh, you got to go on stage and do something, you know, yeah. kind of like that just unpreparedness, Yeah, you know, that feeling like of like, I, you got to be ready at all times. Kind yeah. of, so those kind of things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's certainly a unique rhythm to the life of a pastor. It's not better or worse than anybody else's rhythm, but it's a unique rhythm that you get into of the sermons always coming mm-hmm. and your weekend is different than everybody else's weekend because as Sunday gets closer, it's, it's just a different, a different perspective, but it's something you, you kind of find yourself in.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What about like, <clears throat> so there's the things you're looking forward to. There's the things that you're not looking forward to. What are you most, maybe this kind of speaks to that. What are you most like nervous for or feel the least prepared for aside from just like administration, yeah. that sort of thing. Like, thinking of, like, the, pa- the
2: pastoral task. Yeah. I, I have something in mind. Like, I, we just did our commissioning, mm. and, like, we are just, you know, asked, like, a few questions about, like, how would you handle, like, certain situations, stuff like that. And so, kind of like the, like, being the counselor, like, the caretaker mm. to the people mm-hmm. there. Like, obviously, we're not counselors, like, right. you know. Um, but, like, there's a part to play in that where you kind of have to have that pastoral care. Right. Um, and so, like, kind of, like, sometimes we might be put in situations where if people are like pouring their heart out to you mm-hmm. expressing like what they're going through or they have a situation that they they have and like like maybe I don't know what to say yeah. maybe I like I don't know how to handle this situation or what what the right thing is to say in the moment so yeah. stuff like that that I'm kind of nervous about
0: and especially when those people are like twice your age yeah and they're sitting <laughs> across from you looking for <laughs> advice from you it's a yeah. weird thing to get used to
3: uh, I'd say for me uh I'd say getting in the whirlwind of, like, the, administ- the administration tasks of, like, mm. just being in a church, uh, like, getting caught up. So what I mean by that is, like, for me, growing up in, in the church, uh, I found myself now in college. At one point, I was, like, going to church, serving in a church, working in a church, yeah. and then going to school. So every part of my life yeah. was, like, in...
0: Going to school to work in a church. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so every
3: part of my life was, like, just yeah. stuck in there. Yeah. And so uh, I feel like it, it's, like, an, e- it's an easy bend for me to just, like, stay there mm. and just, like, to, to just get in the tasks of, of uh, like, church jobs, church duties or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and more recently, I've been feeling more, like, it's how important it is to, like, just not get stuck in the church. Like, to, uh, how can I be a part of the church's life, mm-hmm. be a part mm-hmm. of the community? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like to just be in the church. <laughs> I would love mm-hmm. to just be in there, but uh, I know that's good to have, uh, points to touch points outside of that right. too. So, right.
1: yeah. In all of those things you guys are describing of things you look forward to, things you don't look forward to, things that are you feel unprepared or anxious. I think wouldn't it be true that most pastors probably feel that way about yeah. their ministry, even 20 yeah. years in, you're going to go yeah. yeah, have those same, yeah, you're going to have those same things. And so it Get seems like it. <laughs> there's got to be a way to, um, shift the focus from, from the tasks of ministry, like to the person that we're becoming so that we're, you know, as, as Paul says, like in Second Corinthians, like we're not adequate of ourselves, but it's God who makes us adequate mm-hmm. to, to do all of the things that he calls us to do. So the, um, you know, you God makes you adequate to preach. God makes you adequate to counsel. God makes you adequate in the mm-hmm. moment to mm-hmm. administer and lead. Yeah. And sometimes those things will be like supernatural giftings, but we um, we can also like lean into all of that and, and become deeper as people so that you can shift gears mm-hmm. from, you know, a sermon preparation to suddenly there's a funeral to suddenly there's a, another crisis to suddenly, you know, who knows what is coming next in a given week of ministry. But, mm-hmm. you know, deepening ourselves. Yeah, yeah that's a, a
0: really good thought of... Shifting the, the the mindset from the pastoral task to the pastoral vocation, right? And you be, when you begin to think of it in more of those terms, it's more about how are you becoming the pastor, right? Capital T, capital P, rather than how are you doing the pastor work. And and doing then you the get in, yeah, and then you get into some of those interesting questions about where do you put boundaries? Like, is your identity in your work or is your identity in something deeper? And that stuff you'll have to work through, right? Because if your full identity is in your work, that that's gonna lead to some spiritual crises and yeah, issues. Yeah. But at the same time, like Matt was saying, like this idea of for, forming yourself into the pastor, I think, helps you to be able to switch gears quicker and, and it's not just,
1: I got all this stuff going on with work, but it's about a way to, to kind of operate in that world. So you guys are entering into an interesting season of ministry, a residency. A whirlwind. A, a veritable whirlwind. Yep. You sow the earth, you reap the whirlwind. <laughs> Not sure how that, that's how that goes. <laughs> but so for those who don't know, uh, the Grace Gospel Fellowship has recently begun a ministry residency program, which is anywhere from six months to a year it's a season of ministry and so you guys have signed up basically it's sort of like a mini marine corps army training we're just going to ship you wherever we decide to ship you blindfolded you're going to do whatever we say when you get there and on the other side you will come out transformed by the experience right it's like the marine guy climbing the mountain, you know, and then he gets to fight some dragon at the top of the mountain, and then he... You're thinking of that commercial like, from the 90s. Yeah, and then, exactly he, like, that and then he's got the uniform yeah. and the sword and everything, yeah. and, like, he's become a yeah. marine.
3: Wow, I'm looking forward to that. Do you guys know the commercial that I'm talking about? No we're not from the 90s. YouTube it, you'll find it. <laughs> you guys weren't even born in the 90s. We were 90s. born post-2000. <laughs> oh, <Oy>. yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right, let's soak that in and move <laughs> on. What were you doing in... Two thousand, January two thousand. In January two thousand I was a
1: a freshman at Ballard High School. Wow. Yeah. January two thousand I was working at the Little Caesars, is that right? No, I was past Little I Caesars. I think what
0: we can the... say is all of us in January two thousand were just relieved, relieved. that yeah. the world didn't Y two K. Were
3: you a Y two K baby? Basically, I was in my mom's room at that time.
0: Man. You could have been the apocalypse.
3: They did a uh, a New Year's Eve party, but it was really like a celebration of like, hey, if this happens, it happens, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Were you really excited to be born in the new millennium? I do like being born January 2000 because yeah. it blows kids' minds when I say in 2086. The lb 86. But you do know that was the last year of the old millennium. What is that?
1: Yeah, that's true. 2001 is the first year of the new millennium. Oh, whoa, you're born in the last year of the old millennium. I thought about that. Yeah. Double mind-blowing. Year one.
3: Year one. There's
1: no year zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, GGF residency
0: program. Yep. Yep. This is happening for you guys, like, ASAP, as soon as Danny finishes his 25 <laughs> finals. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, what is what is this going to look
2: like for you guys for the next six months, a year? Yeah. Um, year, but for six months, we'll be at a church, you know, getting opportunities. Locally here, yeah, right? In Grand locally. Rapids. yeah. Um, part of the, the GGF. And so Mo will be at GBF Grace Bible Fellowship with Matt. That's my church. Yes. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure. <laughs> and then I'll be at Rush Creek, and so we'll be there for six months. Death Star. The Death Star, <laughs> the the death death star. <laughs> star of the CG. We love churches. you, Rush Creek. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then after six months, we'll we'll switch, and so through those times, we'll be able to preach and. So six months, and then you'll switch. At yeah. Six months. Yeah. Okay. So I'll
3: be at. at gbf afterwards so, yeah and all through that they'll send us anywhere like matt said uh so like in end of, end of july we'll go to the, the northwest okay i'll go to port orchard bible church out there oh in, matt's
0: home church yeah yep south kitsap
3: <laughs> county so. i think Dane's going to mountain view bible okay church. and then i think in the fall my wife's. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in the fall uh we'll be going to different i think like florida for me with the grace bible fellowship of or Grace Bible Church of Palm Bay. Yeah. And going to New York. New York. Eastport? So, yeah. yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And as far as like start date, um, I think it's like still up in the air. Like for me, I might be in June is when I start. Okay. So, um, I still have a, I'm going to Israel actually here soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then when I get back, it's like really any time I think I can start after that. Okay. So.
0: Are you excited yeah. about that? You guys looking forward to that?
3: Yeah. Yeah. We're, I'm very excited. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. What are you excited about? Um,. This has been a long time coming of, like, knowing it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, like, about last summer, I knew that a change was going to come. Like, I knew that I needed to do something after school different than what it was doing at my current church. You knowing that I was graduating from school and uh, wanted to do more specifically pastoral work. Uh, and so it wasn't until about the new year, about in January, uh, actually at the pastoral conference that we went yeah. to in Arizona, that really helped solidify, like, okay, this is a wide open door that I want to walk through. Mm. Uh, and what I've been realizing recently is that I've never had, like, more clarity in my mm. direction. I'm uh, Growing up, figuring out my pastoral calling, I had zero clarity on it. You know, mm. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, it came down to, like, having a lot of faith, having to be like, okay, Lord, like, this is what I'm going to do, and I hope this is what you have for me, if yeah. not, like, Lord willing. Uh, but now it's like, this is a time when the Lord's like, here you go. Like, I'm giving yeah. it to you, like, right in front of you. And so I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for that.
2: And I'm looking forward to just, you know, jumping into a ministry and being able to serve and, you know, kind of like what Dr. Lovren said, like, just come out a different person Mm. and just hopefully grow. And, like, right now, honestly, like, I feel like there is a little bit of, like, imposter syndrome Hmm. of, like, not really feeling (laughs) qualified, like you were kind of talking about. Yeah. But, like, like, there still is that, like, idea of, like, you are... I'm going into it to be prepared to be equipped, you know, and like learn and grow from that as well as just like to understand, like, like, like you were saying, like throughout, I'm going to feel those things throughout the entire time of being a pastor and like learning about just like, like sitting in that and like knowing who I am. And like, you know, like being able to lean on, on God to be able to, you know, uh, guide us, guide me in that path. So. yeah,
1: Yeah. Well, I really admire you guys because it, it sure takes a lot of faith, like, to come out of college, graduate from college, and then just say, okay, here's a year, I don't know yeah. where I'm going to go exactly, I don't know who I'll meet, I don't know exactly what I'll be doing. You're going to meet some crazy people in Port Orchard. <laughs> yeah, bring your camouflage. Okay. Well, it's Ben like, Lange will be there. So Yeah, that's the true. and, your, the and your knitting needles. Yeah.
3: All right, I think I'll leave those behind. <laughs> <laughs> he probably has an extra pair you could use. Yeah. But it's very ambiguous, like you said, like it's like we have no idea what to expect. Like I'm I'm sometimes I, I fear like am I gonna show up and they're gonna
2: hmm. make
3: it up on the spot what I'm doing on a hmm. weekly basis or hmm. how structured is it and um, the trips like when I get sent out like we'll be in the northwest for like three weeks straight. Hmm. Like a week I think we're doing, like a VBS for one week, where we go to the camp together hmm. in mid or beginning of August and then we spend another week there. And so it's like who knows how they're going to receive us? Like, right. you know, well, will we know anyone? Will there like be food that. to eat? Yeah. I know, that's <laughs> what right I sleep. right now. Yeah. Right now it's wake up and Bring figure Bring your out. own cliff bars. It's very yeah. apostolic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My son is going to that camp, and he's really excited that you guys are both going to be either? there. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah. That's great. All right, so as we wrap up, what we usually do
0: is we already covered the main question that we do, which is we ask people, like, what is your biggest joy? What's your biggest sorrow? Sorrow? biggest." drag grind in ministry but we also ask people about book recommendations hmm. but maybe we flip it this time maybe if you guys do have some books that you've enjoyed reading like as you've been thinking about pastoral and you want to share them um well maybe me and matt could offer you a suggestion on a book Great. to to be reading throughout this out this time i already got mine well, well thanks uh, get, thanks for the heads up get,
1: <laughs> guess who was the author Eugene Peterson. Wait,
0: come on, come on. So do you guys have any books that you've read, like, over the last course of your time at Grace that, like, were really helpful for you in thinking about ministry and life or just theology or anything in general?
2: Uh, First, um, I have two, um, I'd say the uh, one by Eugene Peterson that you showed us, uh, pastoral care. I think that's what the quote is called. The contemplative pastor. The, com- the com- oh, yeah, the contemplative pastor. Yeah. I thought
0: it was the complicated. You can you can pronounce it either way. Okay. Augustine cool. Augustine. You can say <laughs> contemplative. It's yes. the right way to say it. The cool way to say it. The
2: contemplative pastor, that one. Um and then uh um the lost letters of Pergamum. Mm-hmm. I think that one's just really good because it like talks about like it gives like manuscripts like a uh, like a fictional story but like based on in like a time where like someone's like speaking with Luke and like they're going like to church to church and like it talks about culture and stuff and it, it kind of like brings to life like you know the letters uh, in the New Testament and like it makes it like kind of r- more real so I just like that book a lot yeah, yeah. I've never actually read that but
0: mm-hmm. it's constantly recommended for, mm-hmm.
3: uh, for, for some context I've never been a huge reader uh, but I've always wanted to be a reader and so mm-hmm. I've had my brother Andrew was a big inspiration for me to like start reading and stuff so I I got into John Mark Comer about a year or two mm. ago. You going to take mine? <laughs> take, maybe. Keep going. Well hold on. Well this is one you haven't read yet, and this why I'm suggesting. Okay. It. So one of the books that I sped read, which is the first time I've ever like read anything this fast before, was <laughs> because it was so good. It, it oh was okay. easy an easier Not easy speed
0: read like I gotta get through this fast because no. I have a test. Yeah. yeah.
3: It okay. was like it was like wow, this is really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was over the summer, so I had the yeah. the mind space to like actually yep. learn because um, during the school year, I'm way too occupied with school. Yeah. But anyways, it's uh, it's called Garden City. I don't know if you have you read it. Mm, I've not read it, but
0: I I'm familiar.
3: So Garden City was formative for me because of like my view of work and then even like uh, of heaven. So it's about um, the the garden in the beginning, right? Lord created the, the garden with Adam and Eve to work it, subdue it, and then how there's a city in mm-hmm. the new earth, the new heaven and earth, and this idea of how we're supposed like as humans we progress. Uh, and like to work and subdue, and it, the final product is a, a city. Mm. So the idea that as humans we work and rest, mm. but then also uh, what the uh, the new heavens and earth will be like, and how mm. we glorify God even in that life, mm. uh, and how we'll probably continue to work, and mm. how we'll continue to glorify God through that. And so mm. to me that was really helpful on my view of what it will be like to be reunited with God again. Um, so lots, lots about work, rest. We don't and just get to float around on clouds. That's what I thought the most the harp. of my the <laughs> I always joke about I was about, really like, looking forward to those harp lessons. <laughs> yes. I always joke about being like, it's just white everywhere, and I'm just looking for Adam and Eve to to harp on. So. <laughs> Literally harp on like. I, I did not mean to say that. <laughs> anyway, so that's a good book, Garden City. Okay good.
1: Yeah. yeah, this may be the first time that another author has overtaken Eugene Peterson references in the context of the. podcast. Don't worry, podcast. I got a few coming.
0: We'll, we'll make, <laughs> up, we'll for make that. up for that.
1: <laughs> uh, but I was going to say for myself personally, and it's a book that I've come back to a number of times, is uh, John Mark Comer's Ruthless Elimination mm-hmm. of Hurry, uh, which is so good for um, kind of bringing the spiritual disciplines into the 21st century uh, classical spiritual disciplines, but uh, there's also some more contemporary ones that he talks about in there, like like a contemporary practice of Sabbath and a contemporary practice of slowing just entirely our pace down. And that's been really formative for for me and my family um, to do things like um, how, how we interact with our devices, how much sleep do we get, that type of thing. And really prioritizing that in our household uh, has really caused me to benefit a lot from um, spiritual practices that are easy to are easy to lose track of you know sure. there's there's you know all the study that we do and all the the prayer that we do and um you know the serving that we do but then kind of those internal practices that that fill us up and and make us to be those people who are adequate mm-hmm. to minister to others so we're not constantly stressed and constantly out of time and feeling busy and pressured and short with people mm-hmm. it's hard to minister out of that space but if you can um, begin to partner with the Holy Spirit and slow down kind of to the pace of Jesus that mm-hmm. has been really good for me in my ministry.
3: That was the book that got me into John Mark Homer and reading in general. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me. I didn't read it for a class and then after I did the class I read it and I was like, dang, that's a good Why book. Why didn't I read it? <laughs> <And then> I <laughs> sometimes sometimes
1: those books we professors assign are actually,
3: actually, actually to be read. God has a name, another good one that we did in class. So mm. that's good. I've never
0: actually read John Mark Homer but I have a connection to him Oh. In 2018, I was on a now defunct podcast called The Sermon Smith, <laughs> which was uh, a guy named John Chandler, who is a an old friend of Gary Hansen, would interview pastors on like the nuts and bolts of how they put sermons together. Cool. And he had like tons of like really famous, oh. eh, somewhat famous guys, <laughs> and I think he was like kind of... Looking for kind of scraping the bottle bottom of the barrel, and at some point Gary had passed on my name to him, so he interviewed me on that podcast. The very next episode was John Mark Comer. Wow! So I like shared a podcast. Jim Shmario. Yeah, exactly. And I came first. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) And then there was like three more episodes, and then the podcast died. So, but anyways, you can search it. The Sermon Smith. It's a great. It's a really good podcast. There's a ton of really good episodes on there. Um, okay, that's your book recommendation. So. <laughs> you recommend no, no, no. Okay, podcast. so here we go. <laughs> here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a matcha here. I got three. Oh. And you've been saving these up? Nah, I just thought of them right now. One of them is by another former uh, episode of the Sermon Smith, who actually this is how I first encountered him, a guy named Win Collier. Hmm. Okay, so Win Collier is has now become a really important person for me because he wrote Eugene Peterson's biography after his death that mm-hmm. came out last year, which was just a, a beautiful book. Um, Wynn is is now at Western Seminary at the Eugene Peterson for Pastoral Imagination. But before that, he wrote a book called Love Big, Be Well, mm-hmm. which is a series of letters, fictional letters written from a pastor to his small church. And it's it's a, a short, easy read book, but it's just a really cool picture inside the life of pastoral work and the relational realities of what that looks like. So that's a great one to read, Wind Collier, Love Big, Be Well. And then I'll give you two, Eugene. I could give you all those, Eugene, but let me give you two. One of them is the Contemplative Pastor, which Danny recommended, which is the one that I would recommend to any pastor who just either wants to kind of know what Eugene's all about, or just wants to know a different perspective of pastoral life outside of, Andy Stanley type thing. So the contemplative pastor is up there. Uh, I'm actually going to give you four because, Whoa. you know, I got to get them all out now. Overload. I got to get it all out now. Let's do it. The next one is Answering God, which is one of the first books that Eugene wrote that really started to get a lot of big attention. It's a book about prayer, using the Psalms as tools for prayer. This book really helped me to understand both the Psalms and prayer yeah. in a way that I I really hadn't before. It's okay. really just a great, a great book. And the last one, final Eugene reference is uh, five smooth stones for pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. So he takes five Old Testament books: um, Esther, Song of Solomon, or Song of Solomon, Ruth is in there. I don't remember all five of them. Ecclesiastes, and finds some sort of theme of pastoral life community and story making and all of that within within these books um and again just the shift of perspective of how to think about pastoral life um is just is just really great so there's three eugene books and a book by the guy who wrote eugene's <laughs> eugene's biography great. take that so, john mark yeah, you think you're gonna <laughs> well, get I got a few more <laughs> <laughs> all right well that concludes our uh, our time together thanks for being with us guys thank yeah. you guys this is awesome and Appreciate good it. luck in the next, we'll have you back when you come back. Oh, yeah. We should do that in a year. We're going to
3: be 100%
0: honest with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to come
1: back all, like,
0: bearded and grizzly. And, yeah. That'd
3: just, be good. Or scanty. We
1: just went through the <laughs> Marine You worked out, yeah. <laughs> no. Marine uniforms with sores.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you can't see us, but we're, we look nice. <laughs> <laughs> Suits and
1: ties. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Time. Yep. You've been listening to the Pastoral Calling Podcast with Jim Shemaria and me, Matt Leveron. Join us every two weeks as we start a new conversation about life and leadership in the local church. If you like us, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud or on iTunes, and also tell all your friends so they can join the conversation.